this is Sandy. I'm Brad. Sandy and her husband Brian lead our Rosa Parks location. And uh, yesterday afternoon, we got a call from the school district, and the school district let us know that we would not be able to use Rosa Parks today for our 4 p.m. Rosa Parks service. And so uh, we spent a couple of hours trying to figure out what to do, and we decided to join forces, and so we get to be together in this space. And so this could be a train wreck. Sandy has a message. I have a message. We joined them together. We don't know. We're going to give it a try here. Um, it went okay at 1 o'clock. It went okay. Yeah, that's what people said kind of the end of the way out. Uh, they so, just come for the candles. Let's yeah, be clear. I, I had to go get water. I've been singing. I thought you were back. ditching me. No, no. Okay. Christmas Eve, just, it's so fun to sing together. So it is good. it's really good to be together in this space. We are honored. Um, we know it's doggone cold outside, so it is good to be together and celebrate the birth of Jesus and a Vikings win. Amen? Spoiler alert. Joy to the world anyway. <laughs> we've, uh, this, this Advent, we, we've really, as a preaching team, the five pastors, we've really enjoyed sitting in the Christmas story for a number of weeks and trying, hitting it from different angles and seeing what it means and what does it say to us individually and us as a community. And so uh, we started off week one just saying the, the manger scene that some of you have at your houses or like I grew up was at grandma's house. It was right at the height for some like to knock out on and break. Uh, that scene that looks so pristine and beautiful actually doesn't represent the early Christmas story. The early Christmas story was messy. It was a teenage girl who got pregnant in the way she didn't want. And it's, it, there was gossip and shame. And there were, it was, just, it was dirty in so many ways. And we're reminded that when we gather, we all look really good tonight. But if we tear a couple layers away, our lives are often pretty messy. And so this series has been a, a naming that and letting God bring joy in the middle of the mess. So. Exactly. And then week two, we looked at probably an unlikely character to focus on during the Advent, but King Herod was the one who was in charge at the time when Jesus was born. And Herod got wind that another leader was coming on the scene and he did not like it. And so in an effort to hang on to, hold tightly to his power, his uh, solution was to annihilate the enemy, literally. And although we likely don't take out war on our enemies and remove them from uh, the earth, we do have tendencies to try to stay on the throne and stay in control. And we sometimes break relationships, uh, break down the holiday season as maybe not as violently as Herod, but in similar ways with control. And then the third week, we looked at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the song that she sings when she meets with her cousin, who's also having a baby. And Mary, instead of perhaps uh, having a pity party or, I don't know, going afar to have her baby in seclusion, uh, she sings this amazing song that now has, for 2,000 years, lived through history with the church and leads us in this prayer of thanksgiving and of praise to God. And so a reminder for us, even when things are a mess, even when things are not happening the way we would have them planned, we can still find reasons to be grateful and to worship. Yeah. And, and then, then, just then, last Sunday, yeah, just Brad. Just last Sunday, later on in chapter 2. Uh, there's these two characters, and it was into, like the Herod week. It's not a week we think about, like control and how that gets in the way and makes life messy. And then this last Sunday, we looked at Simeon and Anna. They're these two older people who have been waiting for the Messiah. They've been waiting for the promise that God had given his people, that God would come back himself 
and bring hope and restore. And I mean, it was, it was a huge hope. It's a radical hope. If you think like we say that stuff out loud, that's really, really big thing. So they've been waiting and they got to see and experience baby Jesus. Um, and there's this, this place of waiting patiently and quietly for the things that God might have for us. And so now we're, we just had the scripture read in a very different way with uh, Brian Asker and his wife, Calista, did the, uh, what's that called? Daughter. Daughter. Calista. No, da- daughter, not it's wife. It's all good. I'm the wife. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Uh, third service will be a train wreck. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be great. But the reading of scripture and as a team, we were reading over it and like, what's, what's the angle for Christmas Eve? Which by the way, is the pastoral pressure of like, how do you get a little bit of a different angle each year at Christmas Eve? Because the same story happens every year. And we have to come up with something creative every year. So So we use the kids ministry, actually orange curriculum gave us the joy to the world anyway idea. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's this line later on in chapter two where the shepherds who had come, and just think think about this for a second. So the shepherds have this interaction with a bunch of angels. They're told to go to this place where the Messiah, the hope of Israel, was going to be born in a manger. And that word manger is used three times in chapters one and two. And they go and they somehow find the right place. They knock on the door. Mary and Joseph didn't know the shepherds, guys. And so these probably dirty men come in the room they're so excited. Everything that had been told them is true because they see it. They're so excited they go and tell everybody about it. And then it says, I think it's in verse 20, it says, the shepherds returned, which is sort of where as a team we're like. So we don't know where they returned to. Did they go back to the field, back to what they knew, back to something familiar, talk amongst themselves, what just happened? Yeah. Did they go to their homes and tell people, which eventually they probably did, yeah. or did they go back to where Mary and Joseph were because they just hadn't had enough yet? Yeah. And either way, there's this really, the, the, this word returned is a really cool word. Because like, I think it gets to the heart of sort of how we're made. I believe as humans, we are made to return to something. The story that jumped into all of our minds is the story of the prodigal son. The, the Christian story is a story about returning. The loving father, the story of the prodigal son, is about this kid who says to his dad, give me my inheritance, which was, I wish you were dead, basically. Goes out, squanders it, lives this life, and then he comes home and like, head down, dragon. I mean, you were saying... Expecting the worst. Yeah. Which he probably deserved and probably should have yeah. received. And instead, the dad picks up his cloak, his long robes that he would have worn, and bursts out into speed to greet him on the road because he had been looking for his son to return. Yeah. Which is... The Christmas story, the loving father, like, it's about returning. It's about coming back to the thing that we were made for. It's about receiving the embrace. Um, I, I mentioned before, but any social media that our daughters have, one of us has to have, and so I got TikTok. Um, and TikTok, you, dry, you can get lost in TikTok. I definitely draw, drew the short straw. But does anybody else get choked up when you see a little a video of a soldier returning home? Like every time, you know? Um, or it's the, I'll show, there's a picture up on the screen that I've shown before. Six years ago this January, um, I had a pretty major stroke in Palm Springs and get, ended up spending two weeks there. It was one of those ones that they said, if you're on the plane, you would have died, no question. And so I remember uh, a couple days before I, we were hoping to go home, I told Stacy, go home, the girls need to see you. 
I'm sure she got the same embrace from our girls who hadn't seen mom for a couple of weeks, didn't know how dad was exactly. And I remember that trip home, and that hug will forever just be like imprinted in me of this embrace of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like that, that was really hard and really painful, but, but to be back with my girls, that's right. Like things are good again. And I think as humans, that's how we're made, right? And whether you believe it or not, you were created in the image of God to reflect who God is, yeah. not just to other people around, not to the world, but to the cosmic realm. Yeah. And so when we are created in the image of God, unfortunately, all of us in our own ways and Adam and Eve 10,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, uh, made a decision that said, God, we don't want it your way. We don't want what home has for whatever reason. And we went on our own way. But when we are back in relationship with God, with others, with the earth, and the cosmic realm is even affected by that, when we are in that place of right relationship through what Jesus has done, because we can't do it on our own, we then find that place of home or rest. Yeah. And so I think the Christmas story, and, and wherever you are, right? I mean, this is maybe you, you do the church thing once a year, and that's totally fine. We're, we're just, we're honored that you're here. Or... This is like the last chance you're giving God, or you come every year and you come every week. I think, I think we need the reminder of the story, the, what the Christian story really is, because there's so many stories out there. There's so many understandings of God out there that are just wrong. They're not the true God. They're, everything that we know about God, we see in Jesus. And Jesus comes as an infant king. Jesus dies on a cross for our sin. And so I think for some of you out there, it just may be the invitation this year to say, what if you started following Jesus? Like this God, not, not some perception of Jesus out there, but the God who entered into our brokenness and mess. The God whose story started a little messy. And all he wants is a relationship with you. And that's maybe the thing that you need this year. But for some others... Maybe you need to hear again the message that we've tried to say this whole season, which is regardless of how messy things feel, no matter how much of a mess you may feel, you are not alone in that. When Mary found that she was going to have the Son of God inside, the Holy Spirit was there, an angel was there. Her cousin was going through something similar. Then, the, then she had Joseph. Then she had some strangers, the shepherds, new best friends that she didn't know she had. She was not alone in that situation. And today, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you believe, I believe, and many do, and we as Crossview believe, that you are not alone. And particularly for those of you who might be watching this today or any other day, you are not alone, even if you are physically alone in your home right now. If we follow Jesus, the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit is not just with us, the Holy Spirit lives in us. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So... God can't leave us ever. And even if you don't believe in Jesus, we believe that God is that father figure waiting for you, parental figure who loves you and is just waiting for you to come home. Yeah, yeah. And so for the, the shepherds have also been an angle that, that we've loved. And I, I think the, the reminder maybe for all of us is if we believe this story is actually true, it's a story worth sharing. You know, the shepherds, when they saw the confirmation that the Messiah had come, like the world's true king had come in as an infant in a manger, they went and told people about it. The message version of verse 20 says this, 
the shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had seen and heard. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. And we believe there's someone in your life that needs to know hope, to know this God that enters in and is with us in whatever we are going through. In a minute, I'm going to pray here in a second, and then we're the band's going to come up, and we're going to sing Noel, then they're going to stand us, and we're going to sing um, O Holy Night, and then we get to end with the candle lighting and uh, Silent Night. And I was thinking, we get to let loose in worship, right? We gather to let loose and say, God, you are bigger than we can imagine, and yet you come in the form of an infant to bring salvation to all. God, we thank you for um, just this story that we get to revisit every year. And that the start of your story is not about power, it's not about you being served, but you coming as an infant. Even as I beautifully hear the kids in this room, it's a reminder that the, that manger, that stall, probably sounded something like this, crying children. And, and yet in the cry, there's a reminder of hope and there's a reminder of how you enter into our world. We thank you for this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.